Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield. You know, this is a podcast where we talk about mostly college sports, sports in general. Sometimes I come out with some conspiracy theory. Sometimes I rank things. Sometimes I love things. Sometimes I hate on things. Sometimes I'm trying to talk about the next big pedophile in Hollywood. I mean, we got all those kind of things in today's show. Um, so welcome if this is your first time listening. If you're a common listener, thank you for continuing to listen. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Riley Breakfield's name. Titties on Twitter is the name. Um, don't post a whole lot of other content too much on TikTok at the time. You know, and don't post a lot of other Instagram stuff, mostly on Twitter. If you kind of just want to hear my thoughts about what's going on with mostly anything in the world, that's where you'll usually find me. I just enjoy that app the most. Currently tonight, you know, I'm watching a little bit of Rutgers, Michigan State as I record this. I got Rutgers uh, money line tonight. Uh, Michigan State did end up being favored by minus two and a half. Um, I think Rutgers is equal to double the score here. 55-47, Rutgers has scored 49-55, you know, still hoping Rutgers pulls this one out. It's been a pretty good, yeah, I don't know, it's been an up and down week for me when it comes to college basketball gambling, you know. Hit K-State money line earlier against Kansas, that was an easy one. Knew that was going to happen. That was a hell of a game, too. Held ever by K-State. <clears throat> but, you know, I missed Texas-Iowa State over. I had TC money line last night. I thought LSU might come on play inspired against Auburn. That didn't happen. I got Providence and Marquette over there. But, you know, all around, you know, college basketball is just probably one of the hardest things to gamble on. I feel like I can never seem to figure out. I haven't ever figured it out. Even last year, I really got into it around March Madness. Could never figure it out. I hate betting spreads in basketball, especially. Spreads bother the piss out of me when it comes to basketball. But I'm trying to learn. You know, I'm trying to learn. But, you know, today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit of news here to start off the show. Um, crazy little uh, military operation. I found out I'll talk about that. One love, one hate. Um, I uh, made my own way too early college football top 25 rankings. going to break that down a little bit. Um, college basketball games this weekend that I'm loving and probably going to be betting on. And then uh, divisional playoff preview as well for the NFL. So uh, let's get into it. News, let's start off with college football. Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard both uh, transferring to Ole Miss. Um, Walker Howard, if you're not familiar, uh, five-star recruit last year. was redshirt this year at LSU, third string. Pretty much left because he knew he wasn't going to play um, anytime soon. Wanted to go somewhere where he can compete. You know, LSU's got a pretty, pretty solidified quarterback room with a bunch of new faces coming in as well the next couple of years. So Walker Howard made some decision moving um, on to Ole Miss. I don't really know how it's going to pan out for him, especially with Spencer Sanders coming in today. To me, Spencer Sanders, you know, he's been at Oklahoma State the past three, four years, been a starter there for at least three years now. You know, he's proven he's pretty good. He's not top-tier echelon quarterback right now, but, you know, another year under his belt should really be something next year. I feel like he's kind of – the only reason he would go to Ole Miss is because he's going to be the starter. Like I said, he's been starting the past couple of years. Don't know why he'd go somewhere where if he didn't think he's going to be a starter. Still don't really know what that means for Walker Howard or Jackson Darty. Then, you know, Ole Miss kind of has an interesting quarterback room right now. Probably one of the more interesting ones in the country. And more than likely, I bet one one of those three guys is transferring out um, before next fall. I just would be really surprised. It's just too, 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 many, too many options. I don't know. Like I said, Spencer Sanders, to me, I feel like he would transfer somewhere he's going to start a quarterback. So I think that's why he went to Ole Miss. But speaking of crazy stuff that just doesn't make sense, right? Antonio Brown earlier this week was posting pictures of his baby mama sucking on his dick, um, showing a video of her getting fucked. Looks like she was having a good time, so you can't can't hate on that too much. But this is another absolute scene from fucking Antonio Brown. You know, not that long ago, he had another 
text message from Tom Brady. He leaked out of Tom fucking supporting him and shit. And here he is. He's just, he is off his rocker. And something is going on with that man, dude. Who knows what the issue is, but somebody needs to check on Antonio Brown. Probably get him into a mental institution. Somebody that needs to be locked up, though, for sure, is Madonna. Sounds like Madonna's probably more than 1,000% likely a pedophile. Like I said, I always always like to try to get the next one. Stumbled across a TikTok the other day about uh, the Ethiopian World Federation um, wants to open an investigation into Madonna. They believe that she has been um, abusing children from Ethiopia, um, as well as sex trafficking them, all, all the bad things. You know, she has a charity or a foundation set up there, um, but... Big news coming out of that the other day. We'll see what happens now. I'm sure it's going to get pushed under the rug. We're not going to hear much about it. But uh, I'll make sure to put a reminder in my phone to uh, remember to check up on that in a couple months. Because just another one day, just to, once again, proving how fucking disgusting Hollywood is, how fucked up those people are. I, I know this is going on at a huge, massive level in Hollywood, but nobody, the mainstream media hasn't picked up on it yet. It's, it's part of my issue with mainstream media. I'm sorry. It, I find it weird when people on the internet find out more information and have these kind of theories, but mainstream media never picks it up because of well, possible reputation and credibility. I feel like you, if you have a rumor of you being a child pedophile or a sex trafficker, I feel like that's not really just a rumor, you know what I mean? Like that's not something that you just kind of, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago I was just accused of being a sex trafficker. It's more like, you're, excused, you're accused of being a sex trafficker? Hmm. A little odd to me, so hopefully we get Madonna behind bars. But somebody that won't be going behind bars anytime soon, Carol Baskins, her fucking husband that everyone thought that was killed. He apparently, I haven't seen video evidence of this, apparently he's alive in Costa Rica. I'll, I'll believe when I see video evidence, but I highly doubt that he's alive. I still think that she killed him and fed him to the lions and tigers and bears. That's just it just fit the mold of everything. That was an unreal time in everyone's life. COVID, that documentary, the internet was ablaze. Sometimes I miss those times, I gotta be honest. You know, not a care in the world. Just fucking the wildest shit going on on the internet, the craziest shit. We all thought we were gonna die. I mean we all seem to think we're gonna die, so who the fuck we didn't. But now a little something that I stumbled across earlier this week. Um, once again, a TikTok. Um this is TikTok about these um, operations done by military forces and stuff like that. There's a couple of them, but the one that really, really piqued my interest, Operation Northwoods. If you get a chance, go, go Google this. You know, there's a whole Wikipedia page. There's all sorts of other websites you can look at and read about. But basically, Operation Northwoods was a CIA military operation that was designed by the plan, by definition, to kill a bunch of active um, American soldiers as well as citizens, create terrorist attacks, um, assassinations on Cuban people trying to enter into the United States, basically make it look like it was this whole thing done by Cuban nationalists and their their government at the time. This was around the Cold War in about 1962. This was proposed. You know, they were going to just get regular civilian planes, paint them to look like U.S. Air Force planes so that they could create that, like, that crazy story of like, oh, my God, they were trying to blend in to be just like us. This whole thing that was just basically designed to get us to go to war with Cuba, um, you know, this around the Cold War, all that stuff going on. But ultimately, it was um, denied by uh, JFK, which makes you wonder, you know, the suicide, uh, not the suicide, his assassination, all that stuff, all the rumors on the CIA doing it, all this stuff. It's just something cool that I stumbled across. I had no idea about. Go give it, go give it a look. You know, I'm not the best about comprehending and giving out the best information. I'm pretty bad at that a lot of times. But just something I found interesting ultimately made me wonder if the CIA played a bigger factor into his assassination than what most people think. 
So go check it out, though. Operation Northwoods. There's quite a few others I think you can find. Um, hit me up. I, I think I have the TikTok saved. So if you're interested in finding other ones, hit me up and I'll send them to you so you can check those out. They're nothing too crazy. Nothing compared to that one. Like, that's insane. But ultimately try to kill a bunch of American citizens just to go to war with a country over their government, like, <sighs> fucking blew my mind. But that was pretty cool. And not cool, cool, crazy, absurd, annoying, realistic, understandable, um, not surprised. Those are all the words that would describe how I feel about that. Now for this week's One Love, One Hate. This week, I'm loving on showering, man. There's just something about a shower. It doesn't, you know, having a good shower, just a shower in general. I shower twice a day. I love the shower, man. Just refresh. I, I sit in the shower. I take my, I have my, my thoughts to myself. It's just something about a shower has always been relaxing me. I've always loved showers. You know, after a long day, sweaty day, you know, workout, whatever, you know, sex. Sometimes I take a shower. Whatever you need, a shower is always there. It's always, it's always just so beneficial. I've never had a bad shower. It's like, it's like French fries. There's no such thing as a bad one. Oh, unless it's cold. That's a lie. I have had a cold shower. That that does count. But I still love showering. So this week, shout out showering. Love the shower. If you don't shower, you probably shower. You probably smell like shit. You're probably a homeless person. If you're listening to a homeless person, you have a shower. They get to the phone. Go yourself shower. This week, I'm hating on alcohol. I just, personally for me, I, I've stopped pretty much alcohol out of my life for the past couple months. I don't, I rarely drink. I think the last time I drink was Thanksgiving me and my wife got a bottle of wine. I just, the way that alcohol has made me feel throughout my life has never made me feel good about myself. You know, I feel like I, I constantly pushed issues below and feelings below because of alcohol. And I, personally for me, I've cut it out and I've seen a huge benefit in my mental health, my, my overall health as a whole. Just alcohol is probably one of the worst, in my opinion, one of the worst drugs in the world. Everyone's addicted to it. Everyone has this, this crazy idea that you need to get drunk every time you do anything. It's to me, it's pointless. It's useless. You're drinking your life away. You know, my, my grandmother passed away from alcoholism. So to me, that, that has a big a big factor into part of my decision because I, I do have an addictive personality. But I just, as a whole, cutting out of my life, it just has made my life feel better. I feel better about myself. And I'm, more, I'm not wasting my money at the bars. I'm not wasting money just buying a fucking 12-pack because I just feel the need to have a beer because my life's hard. No, I just deal with my problems with my pot. It's way better for me. Duh. But this week, hey, not alcohol. I don't really care. I'm not like somebody that's like a recovery alcoholic. I just think that for where I want to be in life, you know, you can't kind of have those those negative impacts and those toxins in your life to really be the best you. And that's that's just how I feel about that, you know. So I hate you, alcohol. I guess just thought I'd talk about that. But little uh, way too early top twenty five. I came with you know, came up with you know. You've been seeing a lot of I've been seeing a lot of these online. Um, past couple, past couple days since the season ended and stuff. Thought I'd do one myself. You know, I'll, I'll put it out on, I'll put it out on Instagram and Twitter so you'll be able to check it out. Um, but just kind of wanted to talk about it as well. You know, at number one, I, I put Georgia because two-time national champs. You know, I do have question marks about who their quarterback is going to be. You know, I do worry about roster turnover, things like that. Don't know if they're in the best position to do a three-peat, but at the same time, you know, you're, you go back to back. You deserve that respect to be sitting at number one. Number two, I put Ohio State in there. Um, mostly for the fact that they play in the weakest Power 5 conference in all college football, in my opinion. And, you know, they're going to have a lot of talent returning, especially having Marvin Harrison Jr. come back. You know, that allows for whoever their starting quarterback is. That's just somebody you can throw to and allow him to make plays. It's huge for your offense. They 
both running backs are coming back. Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson. So, I would say it's going to be a really good position, in, in my opinion, the weakest Power 5 conference in college football. So, I expect them to be right back up there at the top next year. Um, number three, I put USC. Um, the Pac-12, to me, is going to be the best conference this year. Um, there's just a ton of teams. I mean, I have how many Pac-12 teams in here? I got USC. I got Oregon. I got Washington. I got Oregon State. UCLA. I mean, I, ha- I have five Pac-12 teams ranked right now that I think are going to be really legit next year, and that's not even counting. I I even left Utah. Oh, no, Utah. Utah, I put them in there. That's six teams. You know, leaving out Colorado, Washington State made improvements. You know, Arizona State, new head coach, they might be decent. Arizona made improvements. Pac-12 as a whole is going to be really good. I think USC is in the best position to take advantage of that. Mostly, you know, with what their offense can do, what Caleb Williams can do, what they have returning that wide receiver and all those positions that they can get their defense figured out. No reason they won't be in the playoffs. Absolutely zero. Round of the top five here, I got LSU and Florida State. Both these teams are very similar. I think they're both going to be at least probably ranked in the top eight to start off the season. Going to be playing each other in Orlando. That's going to be a huge game. But both these teams, you know, really returning a lot. Um, a lot of talent. Both quarterbacks are returning, bringing in a lot of guys to transfer portal. Both got really good recruiting classes. They're both just going to be in prime position to take charge in their conference this year. And that first game of the season is going to be a fucking dog fight. In my opinion, LSU's going to win. I'm just going to say it now. I just got to get out ahead of it. But, you know, kind of rounding out the top 10, I put Alabama in there at six. I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. A big thing to me about college football is, you know, going in those transition years, if you know who the quarterback's already going to be. Gives the advantage. Alabama, to me, has slipped down a little bit. They've lost a lot of guys. I don't give a shit about their number one recruiting class. LSU's, LSU's just returning more. So I, I have them ahead for now. Got Texas in there. You know, just what I think Quinnibus can do with North Carolina. Drake May, same kind of thing. You know, Tennessee, Oregon are kind of around on the top ten. I think they'll be really good. I don't have Michigan anywhere on this list. I'm going to be upfront and honest. I don't need to see them shit the bed. I don't need to see them choke again. So they're not on my top 25 because they're just going to get, they're going to fucking beat their easy schedule and they're just going to lose. So why do I care to see them anywhere on a top 25 list? They're just going to disappoint us like they always do. And then a couple teams, you know, might be surprised where they are. Clemson, I got them at 19. I just, I do have question marks. I, I haven't seen them be back to where they were a few years ago. Dabo doesn't really seem to be moving this team in the right direction. I will see with Garrett Riley. I think that's a huge advantage. But I don't, I don't see them being a top 10 team next year. Now, maybe a couple surprise teams here at the back end. I got Wisconsin and Oklahoma in there. Wisconsin, I think, you know, like I said, Big Ten, in my opinion, weakest Power 5 conference in off-college football. And they play in the weakest division. I mean, they got to play Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, I think, or Northwestern. That's easy cake. Luke Fickle's a top-tier head coach. I think he's going to have a lot of talent to work with that Wisconsin. Braylon Allen coming back. I think they'll be in prime position to take over that division. Probably lose a couple games they aren't supposed to, but I still expect them to be a top 25 team next year. In Oklahoma, I got them at 25. You know, I think they put together one of the most disappointing seasons in recent memory for their program. But if they don't come out and have a solid year this year and finish in the top 10 or 15 or even the top 25, Brett Venable's job is in danger because there's no absolutely zero reason that Oklahoma shouldn't be a top 25 team every year. There's no reason they should be finished six and seven, but here they are. So then just in my opinion, they need to finish out good or else Brett Venables is going to be out the door. So that's my way to early top 25. You can check out the full list on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, tomorrow or sometime this weekend. I'll post that. 
Now moving on, a couple college basketball games that are tickling my interest this Saturday. Um, going to be another pretty decent slate, I would say. Quite a few games that uh, I think are going to have some major impact on tournament implications, conference implications, stuff like that. Um, you know, got Miami Duke first one up here. Um, Miami's been playing really good lately. Um, they've been playing basketball good basketball all year. They've been unreal when it comes to scoring the ball. But defensively, they have really, really struggled. They've been giving up a lot of points lately. You know, their defensive rating is very low. I think it's somewhere in the 100, maybe in 150 range. Not not playing the best defensively, but on the other hand, they're playing Duke. Duke is playing okay basketball right now. They've been giving up some points as well. Won a couple of games. They're, they're, on, they're on a decent streak here, I think, right now. You know, going into Cameron Indoor should be a really good game. Um, I think Miami's going to go in there and take care of it. Um, just with their offense, I don't know if Duke's going to be able to slow them down. And I don't know if Duke can keep up points-wise if Miami goes off. So I would, I'm taking Miami, you know, anywhere from four to five spread-wise feels good to me. Um, I don't really like the over or the under too much here, so I'm just letting that ride. TCU, Kansas, you know, both these teams, Kansas, uh, fresh off their upset loss, or yes, their, their loss to Kansas State earlier this week, you know, they had a really good chance to win that one. Um, TCU, however, they lost to West Virginia, didn't look too hot, they been up and down, you know, the past couple of games. I've been riding them all year. I've pretty much been riding TCU sports in general ever since college football started and TCU started to take off. I've just been riding the Horned Frogs all year long for whatever sport. And I think, you know, I really want to go TCU on this one, but I just don't think that I can. You know, Kansas has been really, really getting lucky at home, like I said, a couple of days ago. And, you know, just the way that they were in that with Kansas State, I know they are a better team, but I don't think they're polished yet. But I, I do think they're going to have that uh, home court advantage and they're going to be able to take care of business on Saturday. Um, I, I'd like the spread only at really about three. Three to me feels like the real sweet spot there for Kansas. Might even go the over depending on what it is. You know, I could see a 145, 150, somewhere around there. Both these teams can score. So anything over 150, I would I would be hesitant about. But 150 is probably, probably my max there. UCLA... Um, and Arizona, UCLA, I'm hoping it's going to lose to Arizona State later tonight. Arizona is also playing USC tonight. I think they should take care of that one pretty easily. Um, but this, you know, if you're Arizona, you don't want UCLA to lose tonight. You know, they're going to be coming with a little bit of momentum coming into uh, <clears throat> Saturday. This should be a really good team. Both these teams really, really can score the ball. The biggest key is going to be what UCLA does defensively. You know, UCLA is, uh, I think, top five team defensively right now in the country. They've been playing really good basketball. Um, both teams are in the top 12 in Ken Palm offensively. Been playing really good um, offensively. I really like the over on this one. I really don't know who's going to win. You know, both these teams are going to kind of have short rest playing tonight and then uh, only turn around playing a couple days later. Um, luckily for Arizona, they will be at home, so they don't have to go anywhere. Um but you see like a couple days of travel that could really affect them. I'm really liking the over here. Um, 152 is probably the highest I'll go, but I could even I could even talk myself into going 160. I could see an 80, 84, 86 type ball game, you know, that I could really see a lot of points being put up by these two. So make sure to check that one out. Virginia, Wake Forest, UVA. Um, they started out slow this earlier this week against Virginia Tech. Almost they almost put themselves in a bad spot, but they they pulled out of it. You know, Wake Forest, though, has been really good this year. They're on a, what is it, a four-game win streak, and they're averaging about 85.5 points per game throughout that span. They're putting up the points. They have been allowing a lot, but Virginia's not really one of those teams that scores a lot. They do. They're okay defensively. 
but I think this one's really going to come down to wait for a score in the bowl. I think they're going to have that ability. I think they're going to take over the game. You know, they have a young man by the name of Tyree Appleby. He's averaging about 18 right now with six assists as well. Wake Forest, I think, is going to get the upset at home. You know, be the top 10 team, storm the court, that whole jazz. Wake Forest money line is going to be the pick. I couldn't even see a scenario, though, where Vegas looks at it and Wake Forest is favored because of the way they've been playing as of late. But even then, you know, at that point, if, uh, don't be careful with the spread. I would think that it would be almost a pick or even sitting at about two. Even in that situation, I'm still probably just going to take the money line. And I'm, like I said, I don't like the spreads in college basketball too much. They're hard to figure out, for, in my opinion. I'm just stupid as well, though. Texas Tech, Kansas State. Kansas State, you know, fresh off of one of the biggest wins in program history of recent years, especially playing really good basketball. They've been one of the better teams all year. They'll be ranked in the top ten, you know, more than likely to start out next week. And then Texas Tech, on the other hand, you know, they're, they've are they lost, I think, six in a row now. They've just been playing really, really bad basketball, you know. But this is a team that has the talent and the capability to play really good basketball. You know, then you wonder, you know, they're in a bad spot. They're looking to get themselves out off the floor, off the mat, and then you have Kansas State sitting there, you know, fresh off a big win. It's a it's a classic trap game, you know. But in my opinion, I don't I don't see that happening. Texas Tech's just kind of really in a bad spot right now. I really like Kansas State to win. Um, probably the under even in this one would be good if it's sitting about one forty or higher. I definitely go the under at at that point. But Kansas State by five feels right to me. That feels like a good spread number at at max to take. You know. Anything higher, you got to watch out. Texas Tech can score at times, but they have been struggling as of late. Last college basketball game this weekend that I got a little bit interested in, Alabama, Missouri. You know, Alabama's looking like a legit national title contender. They're playing really good basketball. They've been playing good all year long, just beating the crap out of everyone. Missouri just had a big win the other night. They played really good. Kind of been underrated, in my opinion. Um, we'll see, you know, kind of how this one goes, but I really do – I think Missouri's going to come out and play really good basketball. I do think Alabama's going to win. But if the spread is above five, which I think that it might be, I'm probably going to leave Missouri because I think Missouri's going to keep it a lot closer than what a lot of people realize. Bama will win, but Missouri can keep it close. You know, anything higher than five, I would really lean towards taking Missouri spread. You know, eight for sure, take that. Six and seven, that's just coin flip at that point, in my opinion. But that's just college basketball games I'll be betting on this weekend. You know, check them out. Get ready for March Madness. It's just right around the corner. It's almost February already. That's what's crazy to me. <clears throat> but moving on, divisional playoff preview here. First up, we got the Jaguars and the Chiefs. The Jags traveling up to Arrowhead. You know, Trevor Lawrence had made some comments earlier that, you know, Jacksonville's slightly louder than Arrowhead. You know, it's not going to be that much difference. And I do kind of have a working theory that there are some – of these quarterbacks that played the you know NFL level that played like Trevor Lawrence, he played in quite a few big games. You know, you think about Joe Burrow playing LSU, Jalen Hurts, Tua. You know, all these guys that played these SEC schools where these they played in stadiums that are bigger than places like Arrowhead and stuff like that. And just having to deal with that crowd noise, I think that helps them out. I so saw, you know, I don't think Arrowhead's gonna have that big of an effect on Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that any NFL stadium has that big of an effect on any any. NFL quarterback, sorry, I couldn't figure out what I was trying to say there. But nonetheless, I do think that, you know, the Chiefs should take care of this one pretty easily. You know, fresh off, having a little bit of rest, having that bye, 
really is going to play big for them. They are, you know, and I just don't think the Jaguars are up to the level of the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals at this point. You know, I think they could be a team that could get there in a couple of years if they keep putting the right pieces in place. But as of right now, I think Chiefs win this one easy. Um, taking the spread at minus eight and a half, that feels right. You'll probably do a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown bet as well. I'm sure he'll get one. And, you know, I'm probably taking every single over this weekend as well. 52 and a half, I, I see that hit pretty easily. I see the Chiefs putting 30-40 up, but I do see the Jaguars getting a couple touchdowns because the Chiefs defensively aren't the best. So I, I do think the over will hit in that one as well. Giants, Eagles, you know, Eagles, they had the bye. You know, kind of going with the Chiefs, you know, some teams that, that bye is very beneficial. Some teams it's not. To me, I don't know if it's going to be beneficial to the Eagles. They've lost two of their last three. Yes, they finished out the season to beat the Giants, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards Giants plus seven and a half. I think that the Giants are going to keep it really close. I think the Eagles will win, but I, I mean, I, I wouldn't really be surprised. The, the Giants, they looked awesome last week. Daniel Jones looked amazing last week. I mean, 300 yards on, through the air, like that's unheard of for him, really. So I think the Giants will keep this one close. Same thing here, 47 and a half. Really good over. I really like that one. I, I see this being a 30-24 type ball game. So I, I take the over on that one as well. Giants might even win. If you're feeling risky, take a Giants money line bet. But I do also like a A.J. Brown anytime touchdown bet on that one as well. Bengals, Bills, probably, you know, I think this is the biggest game of the weekend. There's a, there's a lot on the line um, for both of these teams. You know, Josh Allen, he hasn't even – has he sniffed an AFC championship yet? Yes, he did. Yeah, that's right. 2020, you know, they made the AFC Championship. Last year, they lost to the Chiefs. You know, you look at, you know, how they looked last weekend. They've been turning the ball over a lot. They haven't been the best of taking care of it. They've been giving up quite a few points defensively. The defense has been struggling. You know, I think that if Tua's in that game, the Dolphins have a really good chance of possibly pulling the upset. But that being said, you know, you talk about those issues, but you talk about what Josh Allen can do. But then those issues that the Bills are having – plays right into the Bengals. The Bengals have been really good offensively. They ran to a tough Ravens defense last week. The Bills, you know, without Von Miller, they've kind of dwindled on defense a little bit, you know, not having that big-time X-factor like they did. And the Bengals' defense has been creating turnovers nonstop like crazy. I mean, that's what won them that game on Sunday night. So I'm, I'm leaning towards ta- – I'm taking Bengals' win line in this one. I love Josh Allen, but I love Joe Burrow more. I just want the Bengals to win. I have more faith in them to win this game. I know they're going up to Buffalo, but going back to, you know, that game where DeMar Hamlin got hurt, Bengals went down and scored right away, you know, and then they were going to, they were marching to pretty much do the same thing again, it looked like, until DeMar got hurt. So, uh, to me, the Bengals, I just think are going to win this one pretty easily. I do like the over at 48 and a half as well, though. I, I do expect a ton of points in this one. Both teams are going to go away easily, you know. Last game, last note for the show, the big one on Sunday night, the, the fucking Cowboys versus the fucking 49ers, man. The Niners and the Cowboys, man. Two of the all-time best franchises in NFL history. You know, you got ultimate fans all over the United States. Both these teams beloved, it, so it's going to be a good one. That's why it's on Sunday night. Um, but uh, it doesn't fucking matter. The Cowboys suck ass. I don't give a shit. They played the Bucks. They Bucks were horrible. Shouldn't have even been in the playoffs, but they just had to take up a spot. That's just how it works. The 49ers are a different breed. I don't care who's that quarterback for the 49ers. The Cowboys defense is not going to be able to slow down the amount of weapons that the 49ers have, and they've been prone to give up a lot of points since towards the end of the season this year. So I, I would not be surprised at all if the 49ers blow them the fuck out of the water. 
But at the same time, you know, it's like, oh, what about their offense? They looked really good last week. It doesn't matter. It's the, the Niners' defense is unreal. They're going to be able to make plays. I don't see the Cowboys really having much of an effort or fight in this game. They're going to crumble like they always do. 49ers minus four, but I do like the over as well. I do think the Cowboys will get a touchdown or two, but 49ers will probably sweep them out pretty easily, in my opinion. I just don't see it going any other way. But that's today's show. Thank you for sticking around and listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Send your friends, family members, whatever you do, spread the word, spread my podcast. I appreciate any love. Um, but for now, you know, stay blessed. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. But for now, your boy Titties is out.